Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Don't blink, my friends, or you will miss yet another Democrat announcing they are running for president. And those candidates may all sound the same-ish, but we are starting to see some fault lines appear. And what will the president do about a 2020 Republican challenger? This is the State of America. Two new candidates for the Democratic presidential nomination declared. I am a candidate for president of the United States of America. At least nine candidates the Democratic Party have already announced. We will rejoin the International Climate Agreement. We stand for America and we stand against walls. They're becoming the party of socialism, late-term abortion, open borders, and crime. On the far left and the far right are more interested in partisan politics, revenge politics, and not doing the people's business. Everyone, I'm Kate Baldwin in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. Another week passes here in the United States, and that, of course, means another round of 2020 Democratic presidential candidates jumping in the race. I stand before you to announce my candidacy for president of the United States. I stand here today to declare that I am a candidate for president of the United States of America. And there are still more candidates testing the presidential waters. Before the end of this month, I'll, I'll make a decision and an announcement. It yeah. sure looks like a yes. We'll see. We'll see. And with this field getting ever more crowded, the question they all need to start answering, how do they set themselves apart from the pack? One way, the issues. One big theme emerging, health care and what has been dubbed Medicare for all. Medicare, which has been around since 1965, is the government-run health insurance program that primarily provides Americans, 65 and older, with basic health care coverage, covering hospital stays and doctor's visits. So put simply, uh, this program would then expand Medicare to everyone? It would provide essentially free care to patients uh, when they go see a physician or go to the hospital. So some candidates, they are already all in on this issue. Listen. I am tired of hearing that we can't afford to make real investments in child care, college, and Medicare for all. Who of us have, has not had that situation where you've got to wait for approval and the doctor says, well, I don't know if your, your insurance company is going to cover this? Let's eliminate all of that. Let's move on. I am supporting Medicare for all. But still others are stopping short of that. The smartest transition right now would be to do a public option, and you can do it by expanding Medicaid. You can expand Medicare. I'm on both bills that do that. So not Medicare I, for all. 
I am I, I I'm happy to look at it as an option, but I'm not on that bill right now. Then there's climate change and a new plan that's floating around called the Green New Deal, first floated by not a presidential candidate, actually, but a liberal star in Congress, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Are you offended that um, Speaker Pelosi called this the Green Dream? No, I think it is a green dream. And I think that uh, it is. It is. And and I think that uh, that all great all great, uh, all great American programs, everything from the Great Society to the New Deal started with a vision for our future. And I don't think that, um, you know, I don't consider that to be a dismissive term. I think it's a great term. <laughs> this plan is definitely big on ambitious goals, definitely not big on details right now. There's no price tag attached to how much this all would cost the country. And it also calls for ambiguous targets like promoting environmental justice. Regardless, candidates for president are looking to win favor. Uh, candidates that are looking to win favor with the liberal Democratic base. There, This is an important vote, of course, in the primary. Some of them have endorsed this plan immediately. There's a lot of people now that are blowing back on the Green New Deal. They're like, oh, it's impractical. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, it's all of this. If we used to govern our dreams that way, we would have never gone to the moon. I would create a call to action. I would ask America's um, population to ask America's youth uh, to decide that we will have a green economy in the next 10 years, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. So with so many candidates or potential candidates out there, CNN's Harry Anton tried to make sense of where they all land and what that all means, at least right now. Generally speaking, the people who have been running in the past three cycles for the Democrats on a scale where zero is most liberal and 100 is most moderate, they tended to conglomerate right around in the 60 range, right? But look at where the average Democrat that's running this year is. Hmm. They're at 51, which is considerably further to the left than where the Democratic nominees of the last three cycles have generally been. And we, will and we will discuss exactly what that means in just a moment. But one issue where there is a stark difference of opinion already among candidates, how to take on Donald Trump. Some clearly are ready to go right at the president. It gives me no pleasure to tell you that we now have a president of the United States who is a racist. When he called me a snow woman, I'd like to see how his hair would fare in a blizzard. <laughs> Other candidates, though, think the best strategy is to avoid Trump altogether. Is your goal to ignore him? In many ways, yes, because uh, the problems that we are facing right now are going to grow with or without him. I'm not here uh, to try to emulate the tactics of, uh, of a president. I'm not trying to match him uh, ugly comment for ugly comment, bashing for bashing. Uh, I'm focusing on the people. No matter what tactic they deploy, one thing is pretty clear right now. At least right now, all of them are similar-ish on big issues defining this early race. Which takes me back to my question, how are they going to set themselves apart? One person who tried to do that and failed in the crowded Republican field way back in 2016 has some advice today for any candidate trying to navigate the crowd this time around. It's not about this specific policy proposal or some other. It's about the way that people feel about you. And I am convinced in an era of ever-changing economics, 
people want to know, do you care about me? In the beginning, you got to tell people who you are and they got to kind of like you and you have to have a spark. Ah, yes, the spark, that intangible, often elusive, impossible to measure quality that can take a candidate from obscurity to victory. See the 44th president for that one. Or from reality television to the White House. See the 45th president for that one. Spark is clearly what voters are looking for in a politician before they decide that they want them to be president. But where are they going to find it this time? The only thing that we know for sure is that they haven't landed on that yet. Maybe they haven't found it yet. So I think our best advice today is contrary to popular belief and whatever everything our parents told us, this time it's actually a good idea to start playing with fire. Coming up for us, it's not Democrats. It's not Democrats anymore. It's not just Democrats anymore. At least one Republican is taking the first big step toward jumping into the race and taking Trump head on. What are his chances? The panel next. The first indication yet that President Trump may have a primary challenger has just arrived. Former Massachusetts Republican Governor Bill Weld says he's forming an exploratory committee. Listen. The truth is that we've wasted an enormous amount of time by humoring this president, indulging him in his narcissism and his compulsive, irrational behaviors. And as for the Democrats, the list is reaching almost endless status of how many people are getting in the race, maybe in the race, and maybe already getting out of the race. I haven't looked at my Twitter feed in a second. The panel tonight, Alex Burns, a CNN political analyst and national political correspondent for The New York Times. Matt Gorman is the former communications director for the House Republican campaign arm. S.E. Cup is the host of CNN show S.E. Cup Unfiltered. Keith Boykin is a CNN political commentator and former Clinton White House staffer. Hello, friends. Break out your crystal balls. Alex, who is Bill Weld? And what didn't he want? What? Why is that? I did not think that was going to be my laugh line today. But this is starting out good. And didn't he, didn't he once declare that he would be a libertarian for life, which is not really a Republican? Well, he left the Republican Party to run for vice president as a libertarian. He endorsed Barack Obama in 2008. He uh, quit as governor of Massachusetts to try to become an ambassador in the Clinton administration. But his nomination uh, got blocked because, and this is a real blast from the past, he copped to having uh, smoked pot uh, as a young man. So he's He's led an ah, interesting that's career, so, that's so right? Oh but, <laughs> right. But look, uh, it's a sign that there's going to be at least some kind of protest candidate on the ballot against yeah. Trump in the primaries. Uh, they know him very well in New Hampshire earlier today because I'm uh, cool like this. I was reading clips from the uh, 1992 <laughs> Republican presidential primary uh, where, where Bill Weld was up there stumping for George H.W. Bush against Pat Buchanan. He has, you know, some roots in the state. I believe he has a residence in the state. It's easy to just sort of go over the border and, and you know, park yourself there. And as we found uh, with, you know, Governor Kasich and others in right. 2016, there is this pool of moderate Republicans there where if you wanted to be a nuisance to a president who you really don't like, well, that's the place to do it. Do you think that's what's going to, do you think, do you think Weld can have an impact? No. Uh, <laughs> After that, Lee? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, and he also ran for governor of the state of New York as well, for another state. But like, look, I think there might be some lane for somebody who's a moderate Republican. It's certainly not going to be Bill Weld. I think the lane is small even for somebody like a Larry Hogan or a John mm-hmm. Kasich or somebody else. The RNC and others don't want this fight. They streamline the process. They're not having a South Carolina primary. Certainly won't have any debates. They don't want this fight. Not only does the pre- do the president not doesn't want this fight, mm-hmm. people down ballot don't want this fight either. It's going to hurt the party and divide it going into
into an election. We will see. I love that Bill Weld is the funniest thing I've said to you in a while, Essie. I'm not sure that... No, I think I'm your pre- question, I'm, I know it was earnest, but who is Bill Weld? I mean, we. I'm from New England. We know him very well because, as Alex laid out, he's been all over the place, right? For the past three decades in every party, in every state, he's run, you know... Um, his his uh, path has been well documented, scattered, but well documented. Uh, but I think outside of outside of New England right. and sort of like old school politics, people are like, "Who is Bill Weld, and why is he doing this, and what's his pathway?" And it's just a little, it's a little out there. Well, it's just the beginning. Yeah. Okay, Keith, Democrats, <laughs> the Democratic field so far. As we're looking at it, when, as I did the, my whole kind of introduction, where do they land? What are the issues? And when you look at, if you look at voting records and kind of what they've said on issues, it seems that moderates are something of the exception so far in the field that we're saying. The front runners <laughs> are liberal and more liberal on, you know, if you look at Harry Enton's little, ma- little what is this? Slide, sure. Scale, uh, more liberal than than, than (laughs) Democratic presidents that we've had in the past. Is that surprising? Is that a good thing? No, it's not surprising at all. I mean, it happens in every primary process on both sides. Uh, Republican primary uh, candidates try to move to the right. Democratic primary candidates try to move to the left. Uh, I think the reality is, even though you're describing them as all being liberal, they're actually trying to, struggling to try to prove that they're liberal enough for the base because a lot of people aren't convinced that Kamala Harris is liberal enough Mm -hmm. because of her her past as a prosecutor. They're not convinced about Bernie Sanders even because of the whole sexual harassment question that's been raised now. Uh, And they're not convinced about... Policy, Bernie Sanders might well, be no, liberal No, that's enough. true, but he also dealt with racial issues, too. In the, 20, in the 2016 race, he's going to face those again in 2020. True, true, the whole true. thing about whether he's going to do an announcement at the same time Stacey Abrams <laughs> gave her her State of the Union response was a big issue for him. You know, every candidate, no matter how far left you are, is going to get some criticism from another part of the base. It's just yeah. a reflection of how diverse the Democratic Party base is right now. Uh, and even, you know, like, when you were talking about smoking marijuana earlier, I can't remember who was just mentioned that, Kamala Harris is getting it marijuana. on the other side because she spoke marijuana but didn't say it the right way. So you know. I think this is, this, is, this is a conversation that's happening uh, in the left, you know, who can sort of prove their progressive bona fides yeah. for sure. But the other question that's conversation that's happening in, in the left is, what was the lesson of 2016? Wasn't the lesson that there were a lot of forgotten voters that both parties had left behind in the middle? Right. Not on the coast. Right. Not on the far. So the Medicare for all, the Green New Deal. That's not a primary message. That's a general election no, no, message. No, for sure, to, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But you have to get through a primary, right? Yeah. And so people like Amy Klobuchar are perhaps trying to tap into yeah. that yeah. voter as well as some of the more, uh, First you know, First, you've got to win Iowa. Yeah, yeah for, sure. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, was, I was just in Iowa with uh, Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren. Stop bragging, man. Right? It's a glamorous life. But, uh, but look, you know, you talk to Democratic voters, they do want a liberal candidate. They also want someone who can win, right? And it was actually really interesting. So, I think we think of Booker those as... Two, those two things might be yes, mutually exclusive. That's we right. Think, we think of yes. Booker as a candidate who's running on the left, but he was actually uh, very explicit about saying, I'm not for getting rid of private uh, health insurance. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. sort of for the Green New Deal conceptually, Ish. but, yeah. you know, listen up, folks. Like, I'm not going to do anything to hurt the farmers. I feel like you can say I'm for it, but we can't get there. I feel like that's a safe place. Yeah, for and Democrat you know what? Democratic yeah. voters, I think, are actually, at this point, not all of them, yeah. but I do think there's a critical mass in that primary that might be somewhat underserved right now, uh, where they're o- more open to hearing that than, than folks on the other side were in 2016. Do you, as a Republican, do you fear more a bigger Democratic primary field or a smaller one? 
Probably a smaller one that's less divisive. I remember I worked for Mitt Romney and Jeb Bush on the presidential campaigns, and I remember the debates on the, on, in the Republican primaries. You'd cringe because they'd be fighting over some what would seem to be extreme right-wing policy plank that but, would hurt them in a general. But it's battle-tested, and you. It, but they're battle-tested by the time they get to the but general. But there's also then. eight months of video clips that, that Democrat could then use in yeah. ads, whether it's Obama or, or okay. Hillary, yeah. and I think we have that advantage this time. And the scrutiny is a little more intense when there's fewer people, Yeah, you know, right. uh, individual scrutiny. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Well, well, Democrats are going to have to deal with that this time. Oh, yes. um, Keith, what, what, what do you want the central issue to be for Democrats in the primary, do you think? Um, I, I think... The issue that is always going to be the issue in every campaign is the economy. What are you going to do about the economy? It's hard to, to make that argument now because the economy seems to be doing well. But so Democrats should be running away from that. No, no, no. I mean, but the, you, you make the argument that the economy was doing well at the end of the Obama administration, the Obama turned it around, and that you continue those policies in order to get the economy yeah. moving, moving forward. And you talk about an economy that works for everyone because this economy, you know, cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations, that's given some wealth to a few people, but it hasn't been shared prosperity. That has to be the message of the Democratic Party. And who has the spark? Clearly no one, but it's at least here at this table. Stand by, everybody. Still to come. Shutdown averted, national emergency declared. The latest in the never-ending saga fight over the president's promised border wall. The one that Mexico was supposed to pay for. On the wall, they skimped. So I did, I was successful in that sense, um, but I want to do it faster. I could do the wall over a longer period of time. I didn't need to do this, but I'd rather do it much faster. And I don't have to do it for the election. I've already done a lot of wall for the election, 2020. And the only reason we're up here talking about this is because of the election. Hmm. I didn't need to do this, but I wanted to do it faster. So, where is that emergency again? That was President Trump declaring a national emergency to go around Congress to get more money to build a new wall at the southern border with Mexico. This is after Congress, whose constitutional role is to handle the purse strings for the federal government, after Congress had decided that he should get much less for the, for the border. So, now what? Okay, stop laughing at me, Essie. I mean... Okay, so... He loses to Congress. Yeah, right. I'm going to say he lo- I'm declaring that he lost in the kind of back and forth with Congress. He loses to Congress. He gets less money than he wanted. So he decides to declare a national emergency that will end up caught up in court. Who wins? Who won this? Uh, Democrats for now uh, have have won have won this. And that's been that's been a consistent theme. Uh, Trump has been both outplayed by the left and the right at times. Um, but it's just it's just amazing. I mean, you have to imagine that there were, like, screams from the White House during this speech, and those screams were from his attorneys, who will have to... <laughs> no, don't say that. Don't say there's no emergency. The screams should have started earlier because they did not put teleprompters this. up. No, yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Of course, this is going to get caught up in the courts. Um, it's going to present problems for politicians on both sides of the aisle going forward. Future presidents are going to have to contend with this. I mean, it's all... Very, very messy. Dogs and cats living together. It is pure insanity. Keith. 
I don't know. I don't know that the Democrats actually won on this, but I think the American people clearly lost in this. Mm. The president said of the president of the United States being able to take emergency action and just reshuffle funds from wherever he wants without an actual emergency is a dangerous one. I don't know the Republicans will like to have a President Sanders or President Harris doing the same thing on issues that they don't agree with. Um, and I also think that this whole press conference was an actual travesty. It was, it, was an, it was a testament to why we do need a 25th Amendment. This guy was unhinged from the very beginning to the end. You can't start out a press conference that's supposed to be a national emergency yes, and, spend the, and spend the whole first five minutes of it not talking about yes, a national emergency. Yes, he can, because he does it all the time. Yes, he can, because he does it all the time. I'm going to say it over and over again. Matt, argue the opposite. Yeah. Argue that the president has won here, that this is exactly what... A, some Republicans wanted because we know some. There are a handful of Republicans who are saying, obviously, and have said that they do not want an emergency declaration. But make the opposite argument, please. There, there are some silver linings here. Look, I think this was the campaign kickoff essentially for him. He needed to go back to his base as he started campaigning for does reelected he really, earnest. Does he, do you believe that he has to give? He has to continue fighting on the wall to animate the base. He needed to show progress. It was was about promises being kept. Uh However, I think this is, again, it wasn't a great deal for him, but he did get Democrats to move a little bit on it. Nancy Pelosi Mm -hmm. said they weren't going to get a dollar for the wall. Certainly not true. They didn't cap the beds, didn't tie uh, the hands of ice. Mm -hmm. So there is some silver lining here for him. But it's less than Democrats were willing to give him last year. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, look, he lost his leverage with the Dem House. Can I I say, I think it is important what Matt said, because he... Makes a, he makes this emergency declaration, and in this whole press conference, when he is presented with data, on contrary to the fact that it's, a, it's an emergency, he dismisses it and he doesn't believe it. When asked, where do you get your information, where do you get your data to back up that this is an emergency, he doesn't present it, or he presents data right. that is actually that is wrong. Um, so this is what it is. It is politics. And at least we have acknowledged that, because the president continues to say that this isn't about politics for him. But it's really shoddy politics, right? That there, there are all kinds of... I think that, that Matt is totally right that the president needs to show his base that he's going to continue to fight even though uh, they got clobbered in the midterms. But there are all kinds of immigration issues that he could choose to fight on where he would actually have greater support for his position than on the wall. The wall has never that been many popular. many Republicans have been trying to highlight for a long time. Right. So if you wanted to talk about sanctuary cities, if you wanted to talk about other kinds of interior enforcement, if you wanted to sort <laughs> Even of... Even take on asylum put, laws, You know, right? when the Democrats say that they don't want to fund the wall, but they'll fund other kinds of immigration enforcement, so dare them to vote against a massive increase in interior enforcement. He hasn't done any of these things, all right? Instead, he keeps on digging in on a couple immigration themes like the wall, like cutting legal immigration, mm-hmm. where the country actually isn't on his side. So it's just, you know, I don't know that Democrats won this fight through any particular, you know, strategic uh, prowess, but sort of by default, default. that the president picked an unwinnable fight from the beginning. I also just real quick, is this good I, for Democrats, though, do you think? Like, the, I do want to know, is Democrats say they're going to fight this in public, in Congress, and in the courts? Uh, yes, they say they're going to do that, and yes, yes like, I think will, that, but that it will good? energize the Democratic base. And, and so just to that, to that idea, I just disagree fundamentally with the idea that Trump has to do anything to please a group of people that will literally support everything he does. He has shown over and over again, he is not listening to Ann Coulter. He's actually listening to the to the left of Ann Coulter, just to the left, barely, no, no, but, but just to the left of Ann Coulter, the Sean Hannity, for example. And that's good moderate, enough moderate for his base. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a moderate yeah. Republican. Right, now, exactly. Matt, you're with no, him. But, Matt loses the last hair in his head. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I agree with 
with you on, on, on 99.9% of the things he does, he can say anything he wants in his base yeah. to be along. I'm not convinced about the wall because I really? believe that that is the one central mm-hmm. issue where he campaigned on yes. unambiguously from the beginning. We are going to build a wall and who's going to yes, pay I mean, for it? Mexico. It's two that years been, later, he I know, has but, no wall and he, we have that, no evidence that, that his base is leaving him. That is a definitive campaign message. As long as he keeps saying it, regardless of what he does. I fought the wall. Me. I cut national he emergency. He can stand up in a Absolutely. rally and say anything he wants. He lies he all the time. He can just say the wall's already built and people would believe him. He is saying that. But how do Democrats counter it? Then are Democrats just playing into the president and giving him another fight, taking it and when they when they battle it out in the courts, then they're just giving the president giving the president what he wants to relaunch his 2020 election campaign. I don't know. We'll find out. Alex? You know, what, you know what scares Democrats but, is not fighting over the wall or fighting over well, the legality of immigration policies. It's what if the president started putting reasonable conservative yes. stuff on the table that it would look yes. bad to oppose. If you were to put in, put in front of them like okay, an infrastructure bill. So I have an bill, idea. Hold, right. your bre- hold your breath for that one. Yeah. Okay. Stand by, guys. Great to see you. That is the State of America. This week, be sure to listen to our podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll see you back here next week. I... When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.